Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. Bronx Bias Podcast Episode 34. seats for the next couple models blowing kiss. They don't even want to pick. Shout out to Harlem. Slam for a brick. Rolly ain't got a tick. I attract a lot of ticks. Getting caught up in the mix. Hollywood, same chick. Didn't know that I be doing this. We just go for paying picks. Now I paint the bigger pick. Damn, really with the shit. You're going to get it. I'm 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 going to get
you know, uh, an up and coming artist or an established R&B artist. Like he just makes sure that he's visible. I think that's a great skill. So ASAP Ferg does that extremely well. ASAP Rocky does that also extremely, extremely well. I think that is a, I think that is just like a, a gift, like a, a, a gift that you can't really quantify. How do you keep yourself so visible? You know, it's easy for people to drop songs, drop albums, and then you don't see them. Like they like to get low. Ferg and Rocky understand, and Drake and other artists that I'm not mentioning, understand the value of just keeping themselves visible. So I just, I think that's, I think that's cool. I think that's like, I think that's like great because it, it always, it only boosts you. It only, you know, keeps you, um, at the top of people's minds, you know what I'm saying? Like the way music goes, it changes so fast. If you don't drop nothing for a year and a half, people will literally forget about you. So literally to keep the buzz going, to keep, you know, everything else flowing, you make yourself, you make sure that you're still visible. I think that's like an awesome skill to have. And, you know, they into the fashion, they do all this shit, man. I fuck with ASAP Mob. I fuck with them, man. I fuck with them. I went to, um, Yams Day in 2019 at the Barclay Center, and it was a great event. It was like a super, super awesome event. Shout out to the ASAP Mob. I got love for them. Shout out to Harlem. Y'all, y'all do the damn thing over there, man. Y'all do the damn thing over there. Shout out to ASAP Ferg and the ASAP Mob. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite. Favorite, favorite, favorite segment of the podcast. It is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great people, and how many great ideas come from the Bronx, New York. So without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is Wave Hill is a 28-acre estate in the Riverdale section of the Bronx. Wave Hill is a museum without walls with a living collection of more than 4,000 varieties of trees, shrubs, vines, and herbaceous plants. It is the only public garden in the New York metropolitan area practicing a unique combination of classic horticultural craftsmanship and daring design. Wave Hill currently consists of public horticultural gardens and a cultural center all situated on the slopes overlooking the Hudson River, with expansive views across the river to the New Jersey Palisades. That is your Bronx Fact for episode number 34. Yes! Yes! Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, so we're going to get right to the shits. Our top topic this week is about an issue that we've been discussing on this platform, on this podcast for a number of weeks, for a very, very long time. It is about the decision of, uh, sorry, the grand jury's decision of the fate of the murderers of Breonna Taylor. I'm going to read you this article and uh, we'll go from there. This article is from CNN. The headline reads, Weeping resounded from the room where Brianna Taylor's mother learned the grand jury's decision. Brianna Taylor's mother learned the fate of the officers involved in her daughter's killing 
two minutes before Attorney General Daniel Cameron made his announcement. Family attorney Sam Aguiar told CNN she had to drive all the way down here to be told this, despite two advance requests from me not to force her to drive down here only to learn no indictments. I told them that this would be hell for her. Tamika Palmer, Breonna Taylor's mother, was surrounded by her youngest daughter, Janiah Palmer, her sister, Bianca Austin, attorneys Lanita Baker and Sam Aguiar. As Cameron delivered the news that one officer, Brett Hankinson, would be indicted for wanton endangerment for firing into a neighboring apartment on the night that Taylor was killed. There was a lot of sadness and weeping, said Christopher 2X, a community activist who is assisting Palmer and who stood outside the room when Cameron announced the decision. It saddens me to witness again a mother of a victim in such excruciating pain. But it was expected in regards to how things have evolved over time in the Louisville metro community. They always end up like this when those families who are just looking for justice don't receive it. CNN has reached out to the attorney general's office for comment. The charges rendered by the grand jury stand from shots fired into the apartment of Taylor's next door neighbors, not the hail of bullets that entered Taylor's apartment, leaving her dead. Taylor's ex-boyfriend was the focus of a narcotics investigation that led officers to execute the warrant on her apartment where no drugs were found. The grand jury's decision means no one, no one, I repeat, no one is criminally charged with killing Taylor, the 26-year-old black emergency room technician and aspiring nurse. Wanton endangerment is a class D felony. It is the lowest of the four classes of felonies in Kentucky's law. The maximum sentence for this is five years. The minimum is one. Demonstrations began immediately after news spread about Hankinson's charges. An attorney for the family, Ben Crump, said the charges should have been wanton murder. A murder charge, a class A felony, carries a sentence of up to 50 years to life and a minimum sentence of 20 years. As Palmer wiped away her tears, she was embraced by Austin and Baker, who tried to comfort her. Baker described this as a tough situation and said that they were just loving on each other as a family. We did not fathom this would be a situation where they would indict charges on the neighbors. I'm sorry, indict charges against the neighbors and absolutely nothing on Brianna. So, guys, you know, we've been like going through the the cycle of, you know, Brianna Taylor and her um her unjust murder by not only Brett Hankinson but Miles Cosgrove and John Mattingly those are their names Brett Hankinson and Miles Cosgrove and John Mattingly um and it just it you know I got on this podcast about 4 episodes ago we were talking I was talking about Jacob Blake and I, you know it it was it was so emotional for me it moved me to tears because the messages that that sends when someone is 
executed or attempted to be executed in Jacob Blake's case, how there seems to be no lack of justice and no lack of care and no lack of empathy. And we see time and time and time and time again how black people are being hunted. And, um, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult because, you know, as a black person, I have a black mom and black dad and I had a black stepdad and a black sisters, you know, black brothers, black friends. I have black everywhere involved with me. And to know that literally I'm a, for lack of a better term, marked man, just because I'm black is an unsettling feeling, but it's also a disheartening feeling to know that even if all the evidence points to something being one way, that the politics that get involved with it, the opinions that get involved with it, the racism that is involved with it, the prevalent racism, I should say, that is involved with it, will literally cloud the judgment of so many other people and that literally so many people just do not care. Um, as far as, you know, we've been seeing black people be murdered by police officers for years upon years upon years. Like, I'm not even gonna, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not something that is new information, right? I, you know, Abadou Diallo got killed when I was a little boy, a little, little boy. We shot 41 times in front of his apartment building. Sean Bell, I was in, I don't even know how, I think I was maybe 16 years old when Sean Bell was murdered by the police, firing into his car. You know, we have Trayvon Martin, we have Mike Brown, uh, Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Terrence Crutcher, Atiana Jefferson, Elijah McCain, Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Trayvon Martin, uh, Freddie Gray. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And for us as black people, we're not necessarily asking for anything that is out of the realm of comprehension. You know, I know as a fact that black people are 13% of the population, but we're 85% of the prisons. So you have to think about the messages and the symbols that go along with that. That when black people do crimes, and sometimes crimes of very low uh, uh, criminal standing, like nonviolent drug offenses, where there are so many black people behind bars for, for having weed, and and literally weed is on the way to becoming legal. It's a billion dollar industry. And all the people who profit from it are going to be people with white skin. How black people are just casually thrown aside, thrown behind bars, no regard for their life, no regard for first time offenses, no regard for their humanity. And we watch white offenders who oftentimes do much worse crimes are given slaps on the wrists, uh, uh, given so much reprieve. They're given so many second, third, and fourth chances. And it's just like, well, there's no way that you can consolidate this and look at this objectively and say that this is not a racial issue, right? There's no way that's possible. So, you know, 
it's always about what's next, right? What's next? What's next? What's next? But unfortunately for these victims, there is no next. There is no tomorrow, you know, and their families are left to pick up the pieces of their life. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I don't even want to talk about Daniel Cameron, bro, because I don't have many positive things to say. I have a lot of negative things to say about Daniel Cameron. A lot of negative things to say. And I don't, you know, you guys can do your research on Daniel Cameron and you can come up to your own conclusions. I will say one thing. I think Daniel Cameron is, I don't, you know, I don't even want to say it, what I think he is. I, I just think that he's a poor public servant and a poor representation of our community. That's all I'll say. I don't want to go into a, a, a name calling um, bout with him. I, I just... It's, it's sad. It's just really sad that all the evidence can point to one thing being true. But literally people's agendas, literally people's biases, literally people's racial uh, uh, makeups or racial thoughts or racial opinions or ideas can literally make two plus two not equal four. If you go to someone's apartment, you knock, you don't, you don't knock on the door, you basically kick the door in or you bang on the door a few times and then you kick the door in and then you fire blindly into an apartment which ends up injuring one and murdering another for a quote-unquote investigation that about drugs there were no drugs found on the premises and literally no one will be charged with murder i, I just is 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 so is so clearly racially motivated that it's like what do you what what is left to say about it unfortunately we're not necessarily in the position of power to overthrow or get you know these things rectified in an expedient manner um, all we could do is pray for a better day. And, uh, you know, my heart breaks for Breonna Taylor. My heart breaks for her family. My heart breaks for her boyfriend, Kenneth. My heart breaks for black people everywhere because it's like another instance of literally two plus two equal four. But because of all the racism that goes into policing, we just keep it on policing. All the racism that goes into policing in the criminal justice system is they make two plus two equal three. <laughs> or, you know, say two plus two equals one or something like that, where the math literally doesn't make sense. In every instance of a young black person who has been murdered in recent history, let's just start with Trayvon Martin. You know, we have clear, there's like no... If you just use basic logic, reason, and common sense, you would see that these are open and shut cases. You would think. Terrence Crutcher on the side of the road needing help because his car broke down, gets murdered, no charges. Botham Jean is in his house, literally in his house, getting, eating, eating food, eating, I think he was eating ice cream. Someone opens his door in his apartment, 
think they they claimed that it, they thought it was their apartment and they murder him. I believe that was a woman. Her name was Amber something. I don't remember her full name. She got I don't remember what she got, but she should she should have got more. I don't remember what she got. but She should have got more like. It's like, what do you. What do you even say at this point? So, um, you know, I just want to say rest in peace to Brianna Taylor. Prayers and love go out to her family. Prayers and love go out to her friends. Prayers and love go out to her loved ones. Prayers and love go out to the black community. Because there's another instance of an innocent black person whose life gets taken from them. And the people who murder them just because they're wearing a badge get to live the rest of their life free. Nothing will happen to them. I'm sure the one guy, Brent Hankinson, who was charged with quote unquote wanton endangerment. After his slap on the wrist, one year sentence, he will be fine. He will get another job. He will be able to reassimilate back into society. The other two officers, Miles Cosgrove and John Mattingly, will are still police officers. Actually, they're still police officers. They'll still get a pension. They'll still get their benefits. They'll still get their health care. No, like literally nothing will happen to them. Nothing. And it's just, it's very sad. It's very disheartening. So um, just rest in peace to Breonna Taylor again. Rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to Ahmaud Arbery. Rest in peace to Elijah McCain. Rest in peace to uh, um, Vanessa Guillen. Rest in peace to all the victims of police brutality and systemic racism. And, um, you know, it's a sad day, man. It's a sad day that, Literally, we've been screaming Breonna Taylor's name for this long. Breonna Taylor was murdered on March the 13th. The decision came through on uh, uh, September 25th. That it's been over six months where the evidence is clear as day. It is clear as a sunny day. And it's still not enough. It's still not enough just to put some white people who did wrong, white people who did crime, white people who broke the law behind bars and bring justice to the family of Brianna. So not only does Brianna Taylor's family lose Brianna, that's someone's daughter. Her mother has to be in grief that not only is her daughter gone, but there is no justice whatsoever. And it's just very sadding. It's very sad. Very disheartening. Um, but to contrast that, I just want to make sure I bring this great juxtaposition in. I want to bring up a story about another person who benefits from the criminal justice system and where, where black people do not. Um, this is an example of white privilege, caucasity, whatever you want to call it. And it's not about murder, but I just want to show you the stark differences between the way black skin is treated in the eyes of the public and in the eyes of the law and the way white skin is treated in the eyes of the public and the eyes of the law. I'm certain you heard this person's name before. This is about Lori Laughlin. 
Um, Lori Laughlin is a former actress from the show Full House. I think she was Aunt Becky or whoever the fuck. I don't give a fuck who she was. She was a former actress. And she did a uh, she had a scandal to get her children into college um, who did not qualify. And it involved bribery and uh, cash payments to officials at a university. So this is the headline. Lori Laughlin will have access to Pilates classes, music lessons while serving time for college admissions scandal. Lori Laughlin will spend her time at the Federal Correctional Institute in Victorville, California, doing Pilates and crafts. The Full House actress was sentenced to two months behind bars in August for her part in the college admissions scandal. Laughlin and her husband, Massimo Giannulli, pleaded guilty to the charges of paying college admissions counselor $500,000 to have their daughters, Olivia Jade and Isabella Ganuli, accepted at the University of Southern California. The girls were admitted as crew recruits, even though they do not participate in the sport. Uh, Insider has offered a preview of what Laughlin's of what Laughlin will find in the facility where she'll serve her time at her request. When Laughlin reports to the facility, which the court ordered her to do by November the 19th, she'll be housed in an orange is the new black style dormitory. The official website notes that women are housed in the low security camp, the same place where quote dance mom star Abby Lee Miller served her time. Laughlin will have to shower every day and put on a not so red carpet worthy green prison uniform and safety shoes. She'll also be required to abide by strict rules for waking up 5.30 a.m. and going to bed by 9.30 p.m. For personal care products and other shopping needs, Laughlin will have access to the commissary. Inmates are allowed to spend up to $360 there per month on lotion, toothpaste, toiletries, and snacks. Although many of the inmates take jobs around the facility, Laughlin and other inmates will have access to a variety of physical activities, such as yoga, Pilates, and spin classes. She can learn to crochet or paint or take a class how to play the drums. And once she finishes her stay in prison at Victorville, she will serve two years of un- she will serve two years of supervised release. She was ordered to pay a fine of $150,000 and complete 100 hours of community service after her time. Now, that's a great prison sentence. I never heard of a prison sentence where you get to spend money, do yoga, do Pilates, arts and crafts, play the drums, and all you have to do is wear a green uniform. That's like summer camp, bro. I want to read a a difference in her treatment for a college admissions scandal and another person's treatment, just to show you the difference between... um, the difference between white skin and black skin. This is about Tanya McDowell. The criminal case of Tanya McDowell was resolved in 2012 when she was sentenced to five years in prison for a number of charges, including larceny related to sending her child to the wrong school district. But McDowell's case continues to be relitigated in the public eye in comparison to other cases involving schools and perceptions of privilege. 
McDowell's five-year sentence was recently raised in comparison to that of actress Felicity Huffman, who was sentenced to 14 days in a federal prison for having her daughter SAT scores inflated, which has now become known as the college admissions cheating scandal, along with Lori Loughlin's other college admissions scandals. Tanya McDowell was a woman in Connecticut who basically, I believe, faked an address to send her six-year-old son to uh, elementary school in one part of Connecticut, um, even though she didn't have a real address. Basically, she was homeless, and she put that she lived in one part of Connecticut, even though she did not, so her child could get into a school, a six-year-old child. So she was thrown away. For five years, I'm ga- I guarantee you, she will not be given the same amount of treatment. She will not be given the option to do Pilates classes and spin classes and play the fucking drums. She she also didn't get to choose the prison who she where she got to go to. Lori Laughlin got to choose the prison of her choice where she would do her two month sentence. She got to choose that. I want to go to this prison. Who like so Tanya McDowell gets thrown away for five years for all these trumped up charges for literally trying to get her six year old son into a better school where he can learn and he can, you know, lead a better life. This woman used her privilege and her money to fake her children's way into college in which they did not qualify to get there under normal normal circumstances. So you, you see where I, I keep saying so two plus two always equals four. But when it comes to when you put racism in that equation, two plus two never equals four. If a woman gets five years for putting the an, a different address down for her six year old child and she's a homeless woman. But a rich white woman gets two months in the prison of her choice where she gets to do arts and crafts, play the drums, learn, do spin classes and yoga and get to spend money at the commissary. Three hundred and sixty dollars per month. If she's only there for two fucking months. That is where you can see where racism blurs the equation. Two plus two does not equal four. And for black people everywhere, man, I just I just want to extend my love to y'all because I love y'all. I love us. I love us. And there's so many people out there who just don't love us, who don't care about us, who don't give a fuck about us. Michael Jackson had that song. All I got to say is that they don't really care about us. He was 100 percent right. But it's up to us as a community to keep each other afloat it's up to us as a community to support each other to love each other to look out for each other because once we go out into the world and we go outside of our communities the odds are always stacked against us and as a proud black person with a beautiful black mom beautiful black sisters beautiful black brothers beautiful black cousins uncles aunts grandparents friends I just want to say that one, I love us. I love y'all. And I, Denzel, will always be supportive of us black people because we have to support each other. We can't go out into this world be and be divided. 
while the other race literally will continue to execute sheer skewed dominance of us. And that's really what I want to say. That's that's what I want to end with. It's a sad day for all of us out here seeing what happened with Breonna Taylor. Um, it's a sad day for all of us seeing, you know, what happens when white people do crimes of much worse, much worse um, uh, uh, categories like Kyle Rittenhouse and Dylan Roof and the protesters in uh, Idaho and Michigan and in Florida where they storm in federal buildings armed and there are no no arrests, no uh, no brutality, nothing. And we're peaceful protesters in cities where um, one of their own has literally been executed. They are tear gassed. They're shot with rubber bullets, shot with real bullets. Like, so this is, it's just so sad. It's so heartbreaking. And, you know, I want everyone to have their proper opportunity to grieve. But as on this platform and on this podcast, you know, I just want to extend all my love to my black people everywhere. Because I have love for every single black person out here. I have love for every single black person out here. And Michael Jackson said it. All I got to say is that they don't really care about us. You know it and I know it. So it's up to us, the young generation, the older generation, the new generation, to make sure that these events only bring us closer together. That they only unify us more. That they only make us appreciate each other more. And I think once we have more of a sense of unity, then we will be stronger. We're always stronger together than we are alone. And I don't want our unity to only come in the events of struggles, stripes, and murders. I want us to be unified 24-7, 365, because that is when we're the most powerful. That is when we're the most powerful. So, man, rest in peace to Brianna. You are gone, but you are not forgotten. Your life will not be in vain. You are a beautiful black queen who is in a better place now. I hope that you are resting so peacefully. Um, and I just, I, I personally, Denzel, I'm going to take this on and not let your death be in vain and keep spreading positive messages, positive thoughts and opinions, and uplifting my black people in your name and your honor and in all the black people's honor who have perished at the hands of the law and at the perished at the hands of this racist system. Um, and to end, I'm going to play you a clip from my guy, LeBron James, after the game. What game was that? Game number five against the Denver Nuggets where he had a beautiful statement on Breonna Taylor and her life. And I want to say again, rest in peace to Breonna Taylor, prayers and love to her family and to black people everywhere. How emotional was the last 24 hours for you after the Breonna Taylor ruling? And how did you channel that for this win tonight? Um, uh, very, uh, very heavy. Um, the emotions was um, uh, very high. And um I mean, we have a, a teammate on our on our team that's from Louisville uh, and, and, and Rajon. Um, so as heavy as it's been on us, um, it's even heavier on him because that's his hometown. And um, I just thought, I don't know if the case is, uh, I don't want to get into the case of things of that nature, but I know we lost a, a, 
um, a beautiful woman in Brianna um, that has no say-so um, in what's going on right now. Um, and we want justice uh, no matter um, you know, how long it takes, even though it's been so many, uh, so many days, uh, so many hours, so many minutes uh, for her family, uh, for her community. Um, I mean, I got a, a daughter of mine at home and, and, a, and a wife and my mom. Um, and so many, you know, predominant black women in my life to um, to think about if they weren't here the next day or, or you know, think if they were um, gunned down, it would be something I would never be able to uh, forgive myself or, or forgive who, who did it. So, um, I mean, we, we're here playing this game and it's, and it's very challenging on us. It's very difficult. Um, but at the same time, uh, our hearts is, uh, is with that family, with that city. And um, it's just so unjust what's going on. Um, sorry to be so long-winded. It's just, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy, and um, we just hope there's just better days, you know, and, and um, you hope for better days and, and spread love and not hate because uh, that's what it all boils down to, so. You guys are here to share your voice, so no yep. need to apologize. Thank you so much for your right, time, and we'll see you game five. Shout out to LeBron for those sentiments. Shout out to everyone for their sentiments on the matter. Not just him. I don't want to just say him. Shout out to everyone sentiments on the matter. And that's why I start every show with thank you to all the people out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. Because that shit is really important. But moving right along, guys, you can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S. N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying this and repeating it for the one millionth time because I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And I appreciate you guys so much. You guys make me feel so special, man. I swear. You guys make me feel so special. Like, it's such a great feeling. Like, I put my shit out in the podcast. I put my podcast out there, I should say. And I just put it out. Like, hey, listen to this if you like. And people listen, man. People answer, ask me questions. People give me feedback. People give me great compliments. Man, it it just makes me feel so great. It really does. Like, it's like, man, I, I can't believe that. People like to hear me talk. You know, I, I, I just think that's amazing. And I'm very grateful and I'm very thankful for that. So I'm going to answer some of the questions that I have received here. The first one says, <laughs> this is pretty funny. I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. But did you refer to yourself as Harry Potter like the wizard? No, I did not. I refer to myself as Harry Potter. Er, as in like a podcast, Harry Potter, like I'm a potter because I do a podcast. Um, and I'm certain that is not an original name. I'm, I, I would imagine that maybe someone who does a podcast have thought of that before. I just had never heard it before. And my, one of my sister's favorite movies or no, not, not one of it. Her favorite movie of all time is Harry Potter. And she literally watches it like every Almost every week she'll be, you know, curled up on a Saturday or Sunday where her, you know, her tea and she'll be watch. She will watch Harry Potter one through seven, like straight. She loves Harry Potter. 
the wizard, the movie. So I thought like one day it's like, oh man, Harry Potter. Well, I do a podcast. So I'm Harry Potter. And that's just where I came up with it. But I don't need you internet trolls to, you know, say, oh, you are a biter. So-and-so had the name first. I just never heard of it used before in the context of a podcast. And my sister loves Harry Potter, the movie and the books. So I just thought like it would be cool to call myself Harry Potter as in I do a podcast. That's where it's from. So you're not tripping. I did refer to myself as Harry Potter with a D, Harry P-O-D-D-E-R, not Harry Potter, the wizard. So, yes. Thank you for listening. Um, The next one says, oh, this is a difficult question. (laughs) What is your favorite Griselda song? Now, you know I can't answer that. This is a person who's probably been listening to this podcast from the beginning because I've been talking about Griselda Records since episode two of this podcast. I love Griselda, man. I am such a big fan. I am such a big fan of them, man. West Side Gun, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher. uh, uh, They got Boldy James now, who's awesome. They got this super, super amazing woman artist, Amani Caesar. I want to talk about her a little bit later. Super amazing art woman artist named Armani Caesar. They got great production by Derringer. They get great Alchemist beats. They get even Jay Versace. I did an episode about that shit. About how they use they had got Jay Versace, the Instagram comedian slash social media influencer, and he became a producer and they gave him a chance. And he produced for West Side Gun and he produced uh uh Boldy James's entire album called The Versace Tape. And it's like, I just, I'm such a big fan of them, man. I'm such a big fan. I just, I I love their movement. I love their rap style. I love that they're a family. I just, I'm a really huge fan. I can't answer that. Like some of my favorite songs just off the top of my head, just off the top without thinking. Um, SummerSlam 88, Perfect Plex, uh, Fast Eddie, Tito's Back. Uh, Jose Canseco, Chef Dreads, Dr. Birds, Vino D, uh, Lando Lakes, From King, Fear of God, Spurs 3, uh, Seen Everything But Jesus, uh, Brick Van Exel, Versace, Brossface Brippler, which I played on this podcast, uh, 97 Ho, Joe Pesci 38, Shoot Sideways, The Contract, um, man, there's just so many great Griselda songs, like, I can't pick what my favorite song is. I played Brossface Blipper, Brossface Brippler on this podcast episode two. I played Chef Dreads on this podcast episode two. Versace, I played on this podcast. Like, I'm just a really big fan of Griselda, man. I'm a really big fan. And Armani Caesar, I have to, I have to, have to, have to play you guys a snippet from her. I, I, she's not a new artist per se, but this is like her first real exposure to the musical landscape or the musical world in terms of like a major release backed by a prominent you know support system she releases a lot of things independently before she got her chance but this is like her first official griselda backed you know release and i just have to play you a snippet this is probably like a minute of her song it's called countdown off her album called the liz Armani Caesar, shout out to her. She's fire, fire. And I just have to play you a small snippet of it. So just bear with me. This is like a minute. The song is called Countdown Again from her album, The Liz. 
up. Niggas think they can do it, it's dirty. It was hard. That'll get you done dirty with the sword off. They ain't take it, they ain't cut your balls off. Now you trying to apologize, nigga. It's a lost cause. Hate to be the crazy bitch, crazy but bitch. these niggas like to play and shit, and I know who they playing with. Now you fuck busting out your windows, I'ma put a bomb in your bins. Uh-huh. Do harm to your mental. Uh-huh. How you seen me in your dreams? Uh-huh. Hit men walking up to you like they a fiend. Uh-oh. To the point that when you think of me, you scream. Uh-huh. Every red light you see, you thinking it's a bean. Like a woman's gone. I had you wishing you was never born. Yo, man. Shout out to Griselda, man. Shout out to Armani Caesar. Like, they they just they just make rap music that I really, really like. Shout out to Conway the Machine. His latest album from King to God is amazing. West Side Gun with Pray for Paris. And Fly God is an awesome guy, too. That was this year. Boldy James with The Price of Tea in China. And the Versace tape. Like, they're just amazing. They're just, I'm really such a big fan of them, man. I'm really a big fan. So, shout out to Griselda, man. Shout out to Griselda. If you're interested in Armani Caesar, um, her album is called The Liz. The L-I-Z. You can get it. It's out everywhere if you're interested. And I, I think if you actually give it a listen, you'll really like what you hear. And the last one says, what songs, if any, can you say changed your life? Wow. Now, that is a great question. Um, It's a recent song. It's not even a song like from back in the day or whatever. It's like a really recent song. This is a song from two years ago. It is called Reborn. By Kid C Ghost, which is a group comprised of Kid Cudi and Kanye West. And, um, you know, when you're a child, you know, when you're a, or a younger person, I should say, you know, you don't have that much life experience and you can't necessarily identify with a lot of songs that come out because you haven't experienced all these things in life that these artists are um portraying in their music right so you know i was a kid i love 50 cent many men i didn't understand many men when i was 10 years old in 2003 when that shit came out but you know as an when you get older and you're like and you listen to it and he's like many men wish death upon me blood in my eyes and i can't see i'm trying to be who i'm destined to be and niggas want to take my life away you don't really get it you just honestly don't get it because your brain is not developed enough where you really understand that. And I'm just using that as an example of that. So, you know, when you live your life and you go through the trials and the tribulations of life and you have your heartbreaks and your disappointments and your triumphs even, you know, you get a better understanding of what these artists are saying in their music. And it's more than just a catchy beat. It's more than just, you know, people rhyming words. You know, it's you really understand you know, what they're saying. And I think that Reborn is like a song that legitimately really impacted me and changed my life. Like for real, for real, on the realest of levels. Um, it's basically just speaking, singing or singing and rapping about a new beginning. Right. And they're saying the chorus is I'm so I'm so reborn. I'm moving forward. Keep moving forward. 
Um, and it's a great, great, great song. And I, at the time, um, it really applied to me in the last year, 2019, where I was literally like re trying to rewire my brain, trying to overcome all the bullshit that I had on me um, before I could get to this point where I could even speak to y'all on the podcast, you know, and just, you know, when it first came out, I just liked it because I'm a fan of Kid Cudi and I'm a fan of Kanye West. But like when you really like up, think about, at least for me, when I paralleled what was going on in my life at the time and what they were singing about in the song, it's like, this is like amazing because I want to be reborn. I want to change my life. I want to recreate myself um, in a better fashion. And I want to move forward with my life. And I want to let go of all the past transgressions and all the past heartbreaks and all the past trials and tribulations and move forward and be a better version of myself. So that song legitimately is like one that honestly like really, really, really impacted me and on the most like real of levels. Of course, there's other great songs like Mary J. Blige, No More Drama or um, uh, 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 Alicia Keys, Unthinkable or, um, you know, other great songs in that vein, even catchier songs like Try Again by Alicia by Aaliyah. If at first you don't succeed, you dust yourself off and try again. You know what I'm saying? Like those, you know, you really have a better grasp. But uh, for real, for real, on the realest of levels, Reborn by Kid C. Ghosts, Kanye West and Kid Cudi is a song that really, really changed me, changed my life and impacted me heavy, heavy. And another one is uh, Everybody Loves the Sunshine by Roy Ayers. That song just reminds me of my mom. So those two reborn definitely and everybody loves the sunshine shout out to roy ayer shout out to kid cuddy shout out to um kanye west and thank you again guys for the questions i really truly and deeply appreciate it i appreciate you guys listen i appreciate that you guys send questions i appreciate that you guys show me love i appreciate that you guys give me feedback and constructive criticism I appreciate that shit. When someone hits me up and say, yo, Denzel, that shit was whack. Like, I appreciate that because it's like only going to push me to try to do more and more and more and become better and better. So thank you guys for the questions. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate the comments and I look forward to engaging with y'all more and more and more and more. So thank you again for the questions. Next on the docket, I didn't get a chance to do it last week, so I want to make sure I do it this week. I want to say rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, who was an American uh, just Supreme Court judge from uh, 1993 until her death in 2020. She was nominated by President Bill Clinton and generally viewed as a, uh, a moderate judge um, in her time, and she uh, became a part of the liberal wing of the court. Um, she was only the second woman to serve on the Supreme Court after Sandra Day O'Connor. She was the first Jewish woman to serve on the court. And she was, um, she fought for women's rights. She fought for gender equality. Um, she was an advocate for the America's, American Civil Liberties Union. Um, she is, she is, she was, I'm sorry, she was a, well, no, is, because her memory will live on through us, a pioneer, a person who believed in equality, believed in fair treatment, and believed in 
true justice, true justice, meaning if you break the law, we're going to hold you to the full extent. We're going to hold you accountable for your actions. We're going to try to introduce new legislators to give other people who have been slighted and misrepresented chances and opportunities to lead productive lives, to not let big corporations and corporate greed and racism cloud our judgment in terms of what is right and what is wrong in the eyes of the law. She passed away in her home on September the 18th um, at the age of 87 from complications from metastatic pancreatic cancer. And um, man, prayers and love to her family and rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That is the epitome of a person who just used her life, her, her life's mission and used her voice to affect change in a positive way. And I always say it, I'm saying it again at the beginning of each episode. That is the epitome of someone who used their life and used their voice to affect change in a positive way. And she was not given, you know, she wasn't a person who was given everything. She had to fight for it. She had to, you know, battle the a male-dominated industry in terms of Supreme Court just justices. She had to show that she was a fair and balanced person. She had to show that she was a a stern um judge she had to show that she was a not only a wise person with a lot of wisdom but a person with a lot of empathy for others you know she had to show other she even had to inspire other women to you know achieve their dreams and chase their goals and not be afraid to go after their their uh areas of interest because they're women or because they're a minority you know without Ruth Bader Ginsburg we don't get uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that is one of the, the, the best ways to leave a legacy is your impact on others. So without Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we don't get AOC. We don't get Sonia Sotomayor, you know? So, um, rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, gone but not forgotten. And she is a true legend. She is a a true pioneer, and she left a lasting impact that will be felt for generations to come. The state of New York um, announced that they will create a statue for her to uh, honor her life and legacy. Um, Governor Cuomo says um, in a statement, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg selflessly pursued truth and justice in a world of division, giving voice to the voiceless and uplifting those who were pushed aside by forces of hate and indifference. As a lawyer, jurist, and professor, she redefined gender equity and civil rights and ensured America lived up to her founding ideals. She was a monumental figure of equality, and we can all agree that she deserves a monument in her honor. So shout out to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Rest in peace. Prayers and love to your family, friends, and loved ones. And you are a true legend because you left the impact that is going to be felt for generations upon generations to come. So, you know, I, I had to make sure I got that in there because I did not do it last week. Um, but not that's something that I was very aware of. I just couldn't squeeze it in. And um, but definitely I had to make sure I gave her and her family love on this platform um, because her impact is something that will be felt for generations upon generations to come. So. Just had to make sure I got that in there. So rest in peace to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And our last topic of discussion, of course, will be my NFL joints. But before I even get to my picks, I want to talk about one story that happened in the NFL last week that I didn't really understand. 
or that I don't really know what the repercussions will be from this, right? So before I even get to my predictions and my record from last week and all that good stuff, I want to talk about Tyrod Taylor. So Tyrod Taylor is a black quarterback from the San from the, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers who had a mysterious injury occur right before the game last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So um Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers again. And before the game, he was scratched. A scratch means you cannot play due to an injury, um, due to a chest injury. So when I first heard that, I'm thinking, oh, he had chest pains or, um, you know, what I'm saying like you cannot risk an athlete when they have chest pains because that means it's an issue dealing with the heart naturally. So chest pains, you take it completely seriously. He was scratched. And in his place, the rookie Justin Herbert, who was a first round draft pick, you know, took his place and played and played well. So now there's going to be question of, you know, will Tyrod Taylor play again for the Chargers? Is this Justin Herbert's job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then when more details came out about this story, I was very confused. And I just want to know what will happen next. So I'm going to read this headline to you. Chargers quarterback Tyrod Taylor lung was punctured by team doctor before Chiefs game. A Los Angeles Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured quarterback Tyrod Taylor's lung just before kickoff while trying to administer a pain-killing injection to the quarterback's cracked ribs, coach Anthony Lynn told ESPN's Shelly Smith on Wednesday. That is why Taylor did not start on Sunday and rookie quarterback Justin Herbert unexpectedly did against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. Taylor's injury is not career-threatening, Lynn said, adding that the doctor, quote, just made a mistake. It happens, Lynn told Smith. Tyrod is not angry and not upset. Lynn strongly backed Taylor on Sunday night and again this week. Many coaches believe that no player should lose his job to an injury, especially one that accidentally came at the hands of a team doctor. The Chargers previously said that Taylor suffered complications from an injection. The NFL's Players Association is investigating the medical mishap, according to NFLPA Assistant Executive Director of Internal uh, of External Affairs, George Atala. Our medical and legal team have been in touch with Tyrod and his agent since Sunday, collecting facts, and an investigation has been initiated. The injection that Tyler received is not entirely uncommon, but it carries a risk because a doctor injects without seeing where a needle is going. Still, it is rare that a player suffers a punctured lung from the injection, especially right before kickoff, uh, sources told ESPN. Taylor suffered two cracked ribs during the first drive of the Chargers' week one win over the Cincinnati Bengals, but he played through the injury and did not have an MRI until later that week. Taylor was added to the Chargers' injury report with a rib injury on Friday, but he was a full participant in practice that day. The quarterback was removed from the report. He planned to take a pain-killing injection for the ribs Sunday, but after the Chargers doctor punctured his lung, Taylor wound up in the hospital Sunday night to be treated for the injury and, sh- and the struggles he had breathing. Doctors have advised Taylor not to play, quote, indefinitely, Lynn said Monday, if, but if Tyrod is 100%, he is our quarterback. So I just want to spend a little bit of time on it, not long, because I don't know what that like I don't know what the next actions on this is, right? 
So literally, you know, the way that the NFL goes is always the quote unquote next man up mentality, meaning, listen, we can't worry about the people who got injured. Of course, we don't want to see anyone injured, but we can't worry about it because we have to keep playing. We have games to win. We have games to play. And football's nature is very violent. You know, football players be fucked up. That's just the long and short of it. They be fucked up. Um, And I just want to know what the next actions will be. Because Tyrod Taylor, you know, could potentially lose his job, his starting quarterback job. And that could potentially affect his future. Meaning... If Tyrod Taylor doesn't play again this season and Justin Herbert, who is a rookie, steps in and plays so well that they can't take him out of the lineup, they cannot bench him again because he's just playing so well. And he did play well on Sunday. You know, what does that do to Tyrod Taylor's career? Meaning, does Tyrod Taylor get another opportunity to play? We don't know. Does Tyrod Taylor get another chance to go to another team and play? We don't know. That that means that affects his money, his salary, that affects his endorsements, that affects that affects his life, right? And I just don't know what will come of this because if you lose your job to an injury, that's not uncommon. But to lose your job because a doctor literally endangered your life, So one, the doctor endangered your life. You could have died. And then two, you may lose your job and never be able to make money again in this sport. And there will be nothing that happens to this doctor. That's what I just want to know. So I'm going to be following this case closely because there has to be some sort of 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 repercussions or ramifications for a doctor who endangers a athlete's life like this. You know, I feel like There was already damage control in that article. Oh, this is he's okay, He's not upset or this was just a mistake and not really holding this person who endangered Tyrod's life like this accountable. Um, So I want to make sure that I pay complete attention to this as it keeps evolving through the following weeks, because there has to be something in the players collective collective bargaining side of the uh collective bargaining agreement where if a doctor endangers your life and that literally affects your bottom line that one there has to be injury provisions meaning you can get payouts uh for the course of a certain amount of time due to that and two that these doctors are not allowed to perform any more operations of the sort because that is crazy to me. That's crazy to me because when I'm watching the thing and they're like, Tyrod Taylor will not play chest, chest injury. So I'm thinking, okay, man, he had an issue with his heart. No problem. I'm cool with that. Don't risk it. And then it comes out that the doctor punctured his lung with a needle. It's like, nah, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. I'm not. I, I don't. That's shaky to me. That's super shaky. So I'm going to keep following that. And I wanted to bring it to the pod because. The rhetoric, of course, goes, oh, it was just an accident, blah, 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 blah. But that's not something that, you know, that's not something that should be swept underneath the rug. Because if Tyrod loses his job, which is very well possible, you know, because the minute that he plays slightly poorly, it's going to be, oh, we need Herbert in there. We need Justin Herbert. And that's just the nature of fans and the way sports goes, 
we need Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's playing. Why is Tyrod playing? Blah, blah, blah. He could potentially lose his job and lose his career. We don't know. Just because some dude, some doctor fucked up and punctured his lung. So I definitely, definitely want to pay attention to that. I definitely want to pay attention to that. And I want to see what, if any, pro, new protocols come in to protect athletes in the case of team doctor mishaps. So I, I'm definitely going to keep my third eye open on that one because that is extremely strange to me. That's extremely strange to me. And I don't want to get into the conspiracy theory of it all because I do have some. But again, I just want one Tyrod Taylor to be OK. And I want them to to make I want to know if there are some provisions in in language and contracts and whatever to protect these athletes when they suffer life threatening injuries at the hands of team officials. That's what I want to know. So. I wanted to bring that to the pod because it was just so strange to me. It was so strange. And um, I want to I'm going to follow that extremely closely um, in the following weeks to see if there are any ramifications uh, due to this doctor's actions. So I just wanted to put that out there. I wanted to talk about that because I just found that to be extremely strange. So um, but. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor, and I hope that he is healthy and can continue to play football at a high level. And now we're going to get into my NFL predictions. So my my predictions last week were so much better than uh, what had been my previous week. And someone also brought to my attention that I did not pick the Thursday night games. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't. So what I did was to rectify. I gave myself those wins because I thought the Kansas City Chiefs would beat the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football week one. I thought that the uh, <laughs> I thought that the Cleveland Browns would beat the Cincinnati Bengals week two. And I thought that the Miami Dolphins would beat the Jacksonville Jaguars week three. So I gave myself those wins. I don't care what you say. I gave myself those wins. So my record uh, is... Week one, I went eight and eight. And week two, I went 11 and five on picks. So my total record for the season is 19 wins and 13 losses. I'm going to try to keep my momentum going. So we're going to run down the games and I'm going to give you my predictions again, guys, please do not bet with my picks. I am just a fan of the game. Um, I really love football and I just want to give my predictions for it. I don't want anyone to be upset with me. (laughs) By getting, you know, the predictions wrong and all that good stuff. So um, here we go. First game, Chicago Bears, Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Falcons are coming off a terrible loss, a terrible loss against the Dallas Cowboys. Man, golly, that loss was so bad. And the Bears are coming off an okay win against the Giants. Um, But I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons to win this game because if they don't win this game, they need to fire Dan Quinn. They need to fire the offensive coordinator. They need to fire the defensive coordinator. They need to fire the quarterbacks coach, the wide receivers coach, the running back coach, the strength coach. They need to fire the entire coaching staff. Facts. If they don't win this game. So I'm choosing the Atlanta Falcons to win this game at home. Next game. Los Angeles Rams and Buffalo Bills. I p- keep picking against the Rams and the Rams keep winning. 
and they're playing against the Buffalo Bills this week. I'm taking the LA Rams in a home upset of the Buffalo Bills, even though the Bills are playing extremely well. I cannot keep picking against the Rams because they're playing very good football. Next game, Cleveland Browns against the Washington football team. I'm choosing Washington to win this game. I do not trust Baker Mayfield. I think that he is a product of hype and overratedness, and he is a marginal quarterback at best. And um, he has too many great weapons to not to be playing this poorly, in my opinion. Um, but I'm taking the Washington football team, man. I think this would be a great win for Washington. Dwayne Haskins and the, that front four of Washington is serious. So I'm taking Washington to win this. Next game, Tennessee Titans and Minnesota Vikings. Golly, the Minnesota Vikings look like shit. They look like shit. They look like shit. God dang. And you think that they would be a good team this year, but not the case. I'm taking the Titans to win that game. Las Vegas Raiders, New England Patriots. This is going to be a great game. The Raiders upset the Saints last week on Monday Night Football. Cam Newton is playing fantastic for the New England Patriots, and I'm so happy for that, brother. I'm taking the Patriots to win. Next game, San Francisco 49ers and New York Giants. This is basically the injury bowl <laughs> because the Giants lost Saquon Barkley for the season, torn ACL, and I'm sorry for hearing that. Hope he has a speedy recovery. Um, and the San Francisco 49ers lost Jimmy Caroppolo, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa all last week against the Jets. So I'm taking, gosh, this is an ugly game. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers to win. You know what? No, 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 I'm not. I'm taking the New York Giants to win this game in an upset. I'm taking the New York Giants to win this game, get their first win for the season. Cincinnati Bengals, Philly Eagles. Now, look, another team that's looking like shit, Carson Wentz. I like Carson Wentz a lot. But he's been playing like he's been playing like shit. I don't know. I don't understand. Man, they need this win bad. And Joe Burrow looks he looks good. He looks good. Like a quality franchise NFL quarterback. Golly, I don't know who to take. You know what? I I'm gonna take this game for the Philly Eagles because I don't want Carson Wentz to lose his job. And I'm I like him a lot. I like him. I like Carson Wentz, so I'm going to take the Philly Eagles again to win. Houston Texans, Pittsburgh Steelers, you already know the vibes. That's Pittsburgh. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, New York Jets. I got the Colts. L.A. Chargers and Carolina Panthers. Uh, Christian McCaffrey got hurt. But the Chargers are going through all that Tyrod Taylor bullshit that I really don't like. Uh, I'm going to take the... I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers to win this game. I'm going to take the L.A. Chargers to win. Next game, Detroit Lions against the Arizona Cardinals. I got the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is looking like a star. D-Hop is looking right at home with the Cardinals. Shout out to old man Larry Fitzgerald. Still getting it done. Shout out to Kenyon Drake. I, I like the Cardinals, man. I like the Cardinals. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Denver Broncos. Um, I'm going to take... I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win. Tom Brady had a better game last week. Leonard Fournette had a good game last week. I think that Brady is getting more and more comfortable with running the Buccaneers offense. I'm going to take the Buccaneers. Dallas Cowboys, Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is going to be a game. 
Dallas is coming off that miracle win against Atlanta. And Seattle comes off a great, great, great win against New England. Um, both of these defenses are absolute ass. I think it's going to be a shootout type game. But I got my if I had to put money on the line. And if I was a bitten man, I bet on Russell Wilson. I bet on Russell Wilson. Um, so I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks to win that game. And Monday Night Football is the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. Um, I got to go with my man Aaron Rodgers. I got to go with my man Aaron Rodgers. And let me get the Thursday night game um, so I don't forget it like I did for the last previous two weeks. The Denver Broncos and the New York Jets. That's just a jump start on week four. I just have to say it now because I record Saturdays. Um... Denver Broncos, New York Jets. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos to win this game on Thursday Night Football. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos to win that game. So we're going to see how my picks play out. Um, I just love the game. Again, I just love the game, guys. Please do not bet with my picks. <laughs> I don't want to lose any of you guys money. I don't want anybody mad at me. So, uh, you know, shout out to the NFL. And those are my picks for the week. We're going to see if I have another great week. And I'm going to keep you guys updated with my win-loss record over the course of the season i just want to finish above 500 um and that is that on that with the nfl and last 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 on the docket i want to play you guys a clip from alan iverson this clip comes brought to you by um the all the smoke podcast which is a podcast by matt barnes and stephen jackson produced through showtime basketball and basically what they do is they have athletes from all professions uh, NBA, NFL, MLB, soccer, you know, any sport, people involved with the sport or the athletes in the given sport on the show. And they do uh, great interviews about their life and their journey, their highlights, their lowlights, their trials, their tribulations, their successes. It's a great show. I really enjoy listening to it. It's it's great. I just like to hear, you know, you learn so much about these athletes because we look at them like not human you know because they do extraordinary things and we watch it so when they tell you their stories and they tell you their life experiences and the behind the scenes it's like a great look behind the curtain i just think that's a great i just think it's a great program so i want to play you a clip from there um from alan iverson you guys know how i feel about alan iverson he is one of my favorite basketball players ever six foot guard 160 pounds with all the heart in the world and a super superstar athlete, a cultural icon. He made cornrows cool. He made tattoos cool, headbands, arm sleeves. He wore his baggy clothes. He didn't give a fuck. He wore his do-rags. And he was an absolute baller. 2001 MVP, multiple-time scoring champion, multiple-time all-star, multiple-time all-NBA performer, and a Hall of Famer. Allen Iverson is that man. That was my first time ever watching basketball. Allen Iverson and the Philadelphia 76ers against Kobe and Shaq and the L.A. Lakers in the 2001 NBA Finals. That was my first time ever watching basketball. So I want to play this clip um, from Allen. And he's a real he's a real guy. Like he's a uh, not a real guy, like a like he's like a real guy, meaning he always tells you the truth. He always is open and honest and he's not afraid to show his emotions. So in this interview, you know, they're talking about him and he had a checkered past, um, but he was really just talking about 
what what drove him to be himself all these years you know because he faced a lot of scrutiny he paved the way for a lot of people um in terms of just individuality because when he was wearing his baggy clothes and he was wearing his do-rag and he was wearing his earrings and he had all of his tattoos people were looking at him as a object of scrutiny and they were criticizing why does he dress like this he's putting a bad look on the league he's a thug blah 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 and he was like i'm just showcasing myself i'm just being myself and he had a great 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 quote in the podcast interview about individuality and being yourself and i just i really felt that like it really touched me it really resonated with me and i wanted to play it on this podcast so without any further ado this is a brief brief island iverson clip from all the smoke and that's why we had to have you on what's the show, wrong bro? what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong with being you everybody else everybody else take it taking up right what's wrong with being you you disrespecting god for giving you life if if you think that your life ain't shit and you want to be somebody else you know what I mean? What's wrong? With, what's wrong with being you? It's cool being you. I don't give a damn if you rich. If you if you rich, if you you don't man. I never knew when I was gonna become rich. I ain't know, but I ain't. I, I didn't. I didn't force. Try to force my hand on God, saying, "Oh, oh uh, uh, today is fucked up." You know what I mean? Um, why I'm not rich yet? Why I'm not rich yet? Shout out to Allen Iverson, man. Shout out to him. I encourage fans of basketball, not fans of basketball, just to watch that shit. Allen Iverson is the man. And um, that's just a great quote. Like, what's wrong with being you? What's wrong with being yourself? There's nothing wrong with that. And you're disrespecting God, the creator. Now, I don't know how you guys align with your religious affiliations. I don't want to offend anyone, of course. Um, But, you know, I believe in God. And like, for me to be me is a blessing. For me to have this podcast and showcase different things in my personality and talk about the things that I want to talk about and be the person that I want to be and dress the way that I like to dress, listen to the music that I like to listen to, hang out with the people that I like to hang out with, you know, uh, surround myself with people who I like and I don't have to listen to people telling me who I should be or what I should be or what I should say, what I shouldn't say, how I should live and how I shouldn't live. Like, I just thought that was an amazing small 30 second clip because it's like, what's wrong with being you? Everyone else is taken, you know, everyone else is taken. Be you. There's nothing wrong with that. If you like to listen to jazz, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like hard rock and roll, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like to wear your clothes baggy, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like to wear your clothes super tight and snug, there's nothing wrong with that. If you like to ice skate. If you like to roller skate, if you like to paint, if you like to draw, if you like to make music, if you like to rap, if you like to sing, if you like to cook, if you like to drive fast on the, you know, safely, of course. But if you like cars or if you like, you know, trains or architecture, like there's nothing wrong with the things that you like. There's nothing wrong with you as a person. And there's nothing wrong with showcasing your likes and your dislikes. There's nothing wrong with being a fan of something as opposed to something else. There's nothing wrong with being an individual. And I just thought that shit was great. And I just wanted to put it on the podcast because there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with being you. And, you know, you're never going to be happy trying to chase other people's ideas of happiness. You know, there are some people who are happy with just uh, clean underwear. 
You know what I'm saying? There's some people who are just happy with being around their family. There are some people who are happy with just eating for today. You know, and there's, you know, there's, it always just gives you perspective into, you know, we complain about what we have or what we do not have and not really pay attention to the blessings that we were given. And that's just my opinion. So, you know, for someone like that, a person of high success and stature and, you know, just to say, hey, bro, you know, or sis, there's nothing wrong with just being you. Whatever you like, whatever you don't like, whatever makes you happy, just go for it and don't disrespect your creator because he made you, you know, with this. He made you like this. He made you in this way where you may like for me, for example, you like the Mets and you like Griselda Records and you like sneakers and you like football. But there's another person who may like dress shoes and he may like hockey and he may like rock and roll music and he may like uh, uh you know, uh, things that I may not be a fan of, but there's nothing wrong with that. So I just wanted to end the podcast on that note. Um, and I, cause I just thought that was an amazing sentiment um, by an amazing athlete and amazing person, Alan Iverson. So I just wanted to end with that. Shout out to Alan Iverson for those words. And that will wrap it up. Episode number 34 of the Bronx Buyers Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I hope everyone has a great week this week. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Be good to yourself. Be good to one another. Rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to all the victims of systemic racism and police brutality. We love you, Breonna. We miss you. Your death and your life will not be in vain. I promise you that, at least on this platform. Um, I hope you guys, you know, stay safe out there. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. I'm going to fade you out with a great song. If you can use context clues, you already know what I'm going to play. I'm playing Reborn by Kids See Ghosts off the album Kids See Ghosts. Kids See Ghosts is a group comprised of Kanye West and Kid Cudi. This is a song that really, really, really impacted me in a real way. So I have to play it on the podcast. It's a little bit of a longer song, and this is a bit of a long pod, actually. I don't care. I'm, you know, listen to this whole shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just an amazing song. It's, it's one of the songs that I really like feel gave, had a lot of impact on me. Um, as an adult, you know, there are songs that impact you as a child, but as an adult, this song really just impacted me. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode number 34 Once again, my name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, and we are out. So I'm-
Specially invited guests me out Y'all been telling jokes that's gonna stress me out Soon as I walk in, I'm like, let's be out I was off the chain, I was off the drain I was off the meds, I was called insane What an awesome thing, engulfed the shame I want all the rain, I want all the pain I want all the smoke, I want all the blame Cardio, audio, let me jog your brain Caught in the audio home, we was all detained All of you Mario, it's all the game I'm so, I'm so reborn I'm moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, ain't no stress on me, Lord, I'm moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, I'm so, I'm so reborn, I'm moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, ain't no stress on me, Lord, I'm Keep 